Hey pals! Welcome to our Holly Jolly episode of We Read It One Night, where we discuss Royal Holiday by Jasmine Guillory. Our older heroine falls in love with her hot British man while scamming a free vacation out of the British royal family. What could be better? Warning, this book will make you super hungry. Enjoy the show! I'm gonna go get some scones. I have a surprise for you. Maybe I shouldn't ruin the surprise. I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> Rachel's now standing on her chair. You froze. Oh no! Socks. You froze. Are you fucking kidding oh, me? Oh, I so see them. Oh my gosh, they're cats! All right, ten out of ten. This episode <laughs> is already high up on the cats. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of look like Pikachu. From the color, I saw the uh, the Princess Diana, um, Kristen Stewart biopic yesterday, and first of all, Kristen Stewart has earned her Oscar nomination for sure. But the experience was almost ruined by the fact that there was a cryptocurrency advertisement <laughs> before the movie, and I thought I thought it was going to be like one of those inspirational car commercials because it was Matt Damon like walking <laughs> through this thing pointing to through like to like inspirational people like the Wright brothers were there and like astronauts were there and so I thought it was going to be like go for further with Mercedes or you know but no it was <laughs> cryptocurrency oh my gosh <laughs> it was horrible what I was like fuck? Matt Damon why would you betray <laughs> me like this also but the reason I'm bringing this up in relation to this book is because both pieces of art take place at Sandringham House mm. over Christmas. And I could not help while finishing up this book today picturing like Princess Diana just like running mournfully through the halls like in the background of like half of these scenes. <laughs> Vivian and Malcolm are going horseback riding and like Princess Diana is just like, oh no, I hate the royal family. <laughs> like her dress like flying behind her in the back. <laughs> So is this – so Kristen Stewart now is – I feel like she's building like a tradition of like Christmas movies that she's going to be in. Because if, if this counts as a Christmas movie, like last Christmas she had that um, Netflix that like – lesbian one. The, the lesbian The horrible movie. one. The horrible one where she should have ended up with Aubrey yeah. Plaza and instead she ended up with her girlfriend. Yeah. So if that's like the running theme, we're going to get like a new Kristen Stewart content every Christmas. It's excellent. Yeah. Anyway – so I just I just wanted to set the scene for this book that um, all of our listeners should be imagining like Princess Diana just like as a ghost in the background of uh, the the first fifty percent at least of this story. Yeah, or just like alive again. It's like an alternate timeline. It's like she definitely could just like be there. She could be That's the Duchess. True, the Duchess could no. be her. No, no, no. So. <laughs> This so this book Royal Holiday by ja- Jasmine Guillory is that how you pronounce it? I think Guillory, yeah. Um, Guillory um, stars Vivian, who is a uh, black social worker from California who goes to the UK with her daughter Maddie because her Maddie is like a her Maddie her daughter Maddie is like a personal stylist and she's styling an unnamed duchess for the holidays and there at the Sandringham estate Vivian meets Malcolm the hot uh middle-aged black private secretary to 
the queen. Um, and Vivian is based off of Meghan Markle's mom. <laughs> and that's not oh, just really? me like pulling something out of her house. She is explicitly <laughs> like the author confirmed she is based off of Meghan Markle's mom, who is also a divorced single mother black social worker from California. <laughs> so does that make Maddie Meghan Markle? Yes, I guess. And then the I guess the the Duchess seemed like the Duchess, at least in the audiobook, had a British accent, a horrible British accent, which we'll get to later. Um, so I viewed her as like a mix of like Kate and Megan. But yeah. I don't think Maddie is supposed to necessarily be Megan, but Vivian is Doria Ragland, Megan Markle's mom. Nice. Um yeah, so let's let's go back to the beginning. So Vivian, I think the one thing you didn't mention is that she's like fifty something, which is <laughs> which is like unusual for a romance book. I feel like that's not something I've really like. Yeah, almost, older. I don't think I've ever encountered that. Maybe that's just like my own like what I've come across. Like I, no, I haven't made an effort no, either. Older but heroines are like um, never get stories. So her daughter Maddie is like, oh mom, you haven't had a real vacation in years. Like come with me on this work trip over Christmas that I'm going on, which like, does that really count as a vacation? It turns into okay. a vacation, but like, here's it's here's cool. Thing, it's Rachel. cool, but it's not like a vacation. Your as, daughter as in invites sense. you to spend Christmas with the royal family of Britain and you're going to say no? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, does this really like work-life balance people? Like, does this really count as – she hasn't really gone on any other trips in like years. Like, Well – Vivian's not working. That's true. She's just like hanging out at the Sandringham estate. Maddie's working, but only up until Christmas. And then after that, they have like a girl's trip to London. So yeah, that's true. That wasn't clear at the beginning, but it seems like Vivian is definitely a workaholic and also like just takes care of her whole family. She has like her sister Joe that had cancer. So that's like what she's been up to. She's just generally like, besides the fact that she's a workaholic, like a very like, well-rounded like chill person she just like seems very cool and i like her the benefit of having an older heroine <laughs> is that you have someone who's like corpus callosum has fully <laughs> developed oh my god you mean frontal lobe <laughs> yeah whatever their brain's fully developed <laughs> yeah and so like they're not like running around <laughs> doing whatever something i think this book does really well that I will mention throughout the recap, but I think is important to highlight before we really get started. The food in this book, there are so many mm. descriptions of sumptuous meals yes. and snacks and just it's constantly like every other scene is something delicious. And that was lovely. And I frankly, like that's I think that's like the most holiday part of this book is the fact that there's just endless food. Yeah, for sure. But just in the background, I'm always remembering that this is like British food. And so I'm like, how good is it going to be really? (laughs) To be fair though, the best food, the best food descriptions are the scones, which are objectively delicious. And then the non-British meals that they have. (laughs) The like Israeli and I think like Ghana restaurant that they go to later. (laughs) Neither of which are British. Yeah, true. Um, And she makes fun of We'll talk about this later, but she makes fun of Jasmine Guillory, my girl, makes fun of British food. In there was some nice sautéed mushrooms in like the breakfast yes. scene. Okay, okay. That sounded good. Okay, so. We can we can touch on this as so, they come. Vivian. Um, they so, puts off to Sandringham Estate, which is where the royal family goes for Christmas. First of all, 
They get to ride first class on the airplane, which I want to do. It sounds just like Sick. the beds, like the beds recline all the way back. It sounds just like those overnight buses in Thailand, except like a thousand times more expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you ever go to Thailand, you can travel on an overnight bus for like $15 and it's the seat goes all the way back and it's great. The only downside is that they put – when I was on it, they played like loud music videos for much of the night, but <laughs> get yourself some earplugs. They're like, we're not going to give you too good of a deal. Like, watch out. <laughs> also, another thing going on in the background here that we find out before they leave is that her boss is retiring and he wants her – he's going to like recommend her to get promoted to his job. Right now, she like really likes being a social worker and like the, the client management part of it. Um, and the yeah. new job would just be like a lot of meetings and stuff. And so that's like in the background here. So now yeah, so they arrive at Sandrium and Rachel and I both listen to the audiobook as we are wont to oh do. Oh my God. Um, because um, we know I almost have the didn't finish this book read books. because of this. This audiobook narrator, let me start by saying I think she is very talented. I assume that she does the audiobooks. No, she does. I've listened okay. all the other ones I've listened well, she to. Does, yeah, she's great. She does all of Jasmine Guillory's books. And it makes sense that she would do this one. It's like the fourth book in a series. But dear God, this woman can't do a British accent. I don't understand. Like I can understand wanting to work with the same audiobook reader and like not wanting to like, you know, impair that relationship in any way. But I feel like it should not be that awkward to just be like, hey, girl, I love you. You know, please do my future book set exclusively in the United States or with <laughs> American English speaking characters. However, for this one book, I think we can both recognize this is just not in your wheelhouse. We're going to go in a different direction. Like, I, I don't understand why that would have been difficult to do. Okay. You know, in Mamma Mia, this is relevant, I promise. In Mamma Mia, Pierce Brosnan pay, plays Sam. And the <laughs> first time I saw this. Mamma Mia, when did it come out? Like 2008. Okay. So almost 15 years ago. That I first saw Mamma Mia. And I did not realize until like three years ago when it was pointed out to me by my friends that Piers Brosnan is supposed to be American in that movie. Because <laughs> his accent is so atrocious. I just thought Piers Brosnan like sounded a little weird but was otherwise doing his like normal British accent. I did not realize that Sam is supposed to be American in that movie. This narrator's accent is like the... The reverse of that. It's like that, but for British accents. It's just, and I don't want to dunk on her too bad, but it's just, no, for once it's, I'm encouraging people not to read the audiobook, like read this book, don't read the audiobook because I think it'll really turn you off. I mean, it's worse because, well, maybe it's just worse. It feels worse because we're Americans. Like with the Pierce Brosnan thing, like you said, like you didn't notice it wasn't like grating to the ear to listen to. You just thought he like had some undefined like accent. <laughs> With maybe, this, no, it's I like think maybe it was because I didn't know. Uh -huh. I didn't know he was supposed to be doing an American <laughs> accent. So I just assumed it was some undefined accent. Like this accent, I think I would have been my like much more okay with if I didn't know it was supposed to be a British accent. <laughs> and it's like half the characters. More yeah. than half the characters. It's not even like one character who appears for like two seats. It's the Which love interest. That would be fine. It's I can get over interest. that. The love it's interest. Everyone in the country where 90% of the book takes place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, um, anyway. anyway, okay. So they <laughs> so. arrive at a cottage on Sandringham Estate um, because obviously they're super rich and there's not just going to be one house where the Duke and Duchess and unnamed Duke and Duchess are staying. Um, and Vivian briefly feels like 
awkward about having servants there to serve her and like take her coat and like open doors for her and like do all this shit. But then she's like, fuck that. Uh, I'm going to live like goddamn royalty for a week and I'm going to make the most of it. This is going to be fucking great. And I'm like, yeah, like I don't want you like just like bouncing around pretending to be awkward. Like you give those people your coat and like you have them, you let them make dinner for you. Like but you she, go. Yeah. But she's not like mean about it. She's not like bossy no, no, no. and like taking advantage. Yeah. She's polite, but like no, assertive. she's like still very polite and she comes by and she like, you know, yeah. make sure she's not being rude. Another thing to note about this cottage and the Duchess like says something about this, but there's fireplaces in all the bedrooms, which is like ideal. Excellent. And it reminds me of the show I saw a while ago where it was like some like ducal – like some like Duke's land and it was just like all about how hard the Ducal keep was to heat. Like they had their own, own like oh, yeah. peat like operation going on just to like have enough like <laughs> heating. Did we watch the same thing? Maybe. I don't know. Ugh. We definitely watched the same thing. It's oh, like a, oh, oh. I think it's like a Scottish Duke. Yes, no, I think it was Julie Montague. It was Montague. <laughs> okay, so uh tangent that is only slightly related. Julie Montague is the countess of something. What is she? No, no, she's not the countess. Quick? She's Viscount, she's Viscountess Montague. And her Ryan's husband is, is Hinchingbrook. Hinchingbrook. Okay. Her husband is the heir to the earldom of Sandwich. Like her <laughs> in-laws are the Earl and Countess of Sandwich. It's amazing. She's American. She's like this girl from like woman from Candace who like it's like literally a fucking rom-com. Like she had no idea her her husband was like a Viscount when they started dating and like like saw it because it was like on his credit card and she was like yeah. a discount. And I was like relatable, Julie. <laughs> Anyway, she was briefly she was on this short-lived reality television show, show called The Ladies of London. <laughs> and now she does like a whole YouTube series. She's like fixing up the Earl of Sandwich's like estate and doing all this like stuff for it and like she's posting videos on YouTube. She also and- has her own yoga school. <laughs> just on the yes. side. <laughs> and she's like fixing up the estate and she's yeah, she's doing all this stuff. And she also swims in their like natural pond on the estate <laughs> in this freezing water. All of this is on YouTube. And she does this series for like, what is it, like Smithsonian Channel or something? Something like that. Called yeah. like the American Duchess, the American like Viscountess is like tour of stately homes or whatever. And so one of the episodes <laughs> was on this like Dougal, Scottish Dougal estate, and they have their own like peat production to heat the home. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, yeah, it's a real all issue. These- yeah. All of those Brit- all of those homes are beautiful, but all of them were built when there was no like indoor heating, so they're all freezing. And that's like a thing like it was like speaking of Princess Diana, in the Princess Diana movie, they were constantly having like young Prince Harry and like Princess Diana be like, "Oh my god, it's so cold in here. This sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, another thing is like apparently they have their own fireplaces but not their own personal bathrooms because Vivian in one of the early scenes she has to like check out the hallway to make sure no one's there. So she's like walking back in her towel from the bathroom. So like what I, I guess I get it. Well, I guess when sense. it was built, they probably didn't have they had any, chamber pots. Just had chamber pots, yeah. But yeah. still like Beautiful houses. Yeah. I don't know whether I'd want to like live in one full time unless it had been like fully renovated. But then if it had been fully renovated, I would be sad because I would want it to be like cool and like historic. Mm, I would have my my own little fully renovated like apartment and then just ring the rest out as like an Airbnb. I don't know. Just like go hang out in the ballrooms like whenever it's warm and then like puts on back to my central heating and air conditioning. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Vivian is there. She goes down to the kitchen. To, quote, find whoever made those amazing sandwiches they'd had the night before. Which, again, this is the UK. Like, are the sandwiches really that amazing? I'm skeptical. Well, they're made by the cook, Julie Pepper. 
which is such it's a cook name. Excellent cook it's name. It's such yes. a fucking I cook wrote that, yeah. And she makes apparently the world's best fucking scones. And I, God, every throughout reading this book was like, I just want some scones with clotted cream and strawberry jam. Like I just, oh my God, I want them so badly. And you just can't find them in the United <laughs> States. They all taste like shit. Like, I, and that yeah. sounds so elitist, but God, have I never been able to find a scone as good and clotted cream as good as the I one know. I had at Chatsworth House, which is the site of Pemberley for 2005 Bread and Bridges. <laughs> so two things. Yeah, I don't think I've actually ever had a real scone. Um, Cameron's dad tried to make them like a few months ago, a while back um, over COVID. And apparently they're like really finicky. Like they just like did not work. They were like dense bricks because they're like yeasty and like you have to like – I don't know. But like he was really frustrated because he'd apparently made them before and it like worked. Two – You should have gotten Julia Pepper's recipe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a plot point. Okay. Two, I don't think clotted cream would actually be that hard to make. Like I think I could make it if you wanted because I think it's the same as – so Kaimuk is like Serbian um, salty clotted cream but it's made with milk. Right. But I've looked up videos for that and it's super easy. Like I think especially with clotted cream too, you just like – Boil the cream and then skim off the like fat stuff from the top. Like that's what clotted that cream sounds, is. I don't want to know how you make it. That's you probably disgusting. add sugar. I, I don't want you to though. tell me that that's how it you seems, make it. The thing no, for but me, here's the thing. It seems wasteful. Even in, even in the UK, even in the UK, there's differentiate there's differentiations between clotted cream. So like the one I had at Chatsworth House was much better than the one I had at Lime House, which is the filming location for Pemberley in 1995, Pride of Bridge. <laughs> Chatsworth House clotted cream is superior to Limehouse clotted, clotted cream. I just don't think it'd be that hard to make. Maybe it's like the cows. Maybe it's all to like it. what cows it comes from or something. Probably. But I'm sure. I don't know what point you add. It's sweet, right? So I don't know what point you would add the sugar. But anyway, I don't know. It seems wasteful because you're left with like a bunch of liquid, like the breast of the cream that doesn't like rise to the top. So I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. Slurp it up. Put it in your cereal, in your porridge. Yum, yum, yum. Oh, cereal. Okay. So she goes down. She goes down. Sorry. (laughs) It's Friday. Friday. All right. (laughs) Okay. So she goes out of the kitchen. And who's in the corner? It's the man. And I was like so ready for him to be royalty. No. Unfortunately, he is not royalty. So He's still pretty cool though. If I've learned anything from the crown, he's pretty – he has a lot of power. He is – private secretary to the queen um he's also 50 something he's also black um he is yes. british obviously um because that would probably well, be some kind not of security according to risk. the audiobook narrator oh my god so he's the private secretary for the queen he the way his name is malcolm i don't think we mentioned that <laughs> So he – so they meet, okay, and somehow like through some machinations of the cook, Julia Pepper, she's like, oh, why don't you take Vivian on a tour of the estate? And I just find it really hard to believe that the queen's personal secretary would have like free time like this. Like he just seems to have immense amounts of free time at all times throughout this book, which – Well, it's the holidays. Good for him. Yeah, I guess. But like I don't know. I feel like yeah. the holidays would be still really busy for the queen and therefore busy for him. Well, there's something so throughout – this whole time, every time we're in his head, he's constantly thinking like, oh, parliament isn't behaving. Like there's something going on oh, with yeah. parliament. They need to make a decision. And I'm like, Jasmine, don't be coy. It's Brexit, isn't it? Because oh. I looked up when this book was published and it was late 2019. And guess when Brexit happened? January 2020. <laughs> so what is getting decided during this book? 
the final agreement of Brexit. And I was like, call it out, Jasmine. Like, I want Brexit to be in this book. No, I mean, I only – I just remember that. But I remember throughout, I was like, oh, what is this big thing going to be? It's definitely going to become relevant later in the book. And then, no, we just never find out. It never even becomes, like, relevant, right? It never becomes, like, at all plot relevant. And it's just like, what this is this, like – Well, I think it's just in there – to show why he has free time because he's like, we're in a holding pattern. There's nothing for me to do oh, because – I guess so. Okay. Parliament is like in a standstill. I guess. I just like – Yeah. It's like Chekhov's gun but like not <laughs> – like it was violating Chekhov, that rule. Chekhov's like, bill. I don't know. Yeah. Check, whatever. Uh, it was not Chekhov's gun. So they go on a tour of the estate and he's like questioning her like, oh, have you ever like been here before? And she's like, no, I've only ever been out of the country at one time in Mexico. She also tells him she's a social worker and he thinks like, oh, that was probably why it was so easy to talk to her. And I'm just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. that's not why. It's because – It's because you're in love. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit of like insta- – there's very much like insta attraction between them. Um, and Vivian is like not afraid – to just, like, say what's on her mind during this part. And I was just kind of thinking, like, can I just fast forward 30 years until I have, like, the self-confidence of Vivian? Because, like, damn. <laughs> like, she's got it. She's yeah, got Vivian is like, oh, I don't want to be too direct with him. And then she's like, wait a second. I'm only here for, like, five days. I'm on, like, Christmas vacation at a royal estate. Like, why shouldn't I be direct, you know? And then yes. she is. Yeah. Yeah, she constantly has those thoughts. She's like, why the fuck not? Like, I'm living my hot girl winter. And I'm like, yeah, Vivian, woohoo. <laughs> she's also like constantly talking about how cold it is there. And I like always thought that San Francisco, or I think she's from Oakland, um, was like pretty cold. Like, I always thought of the winters at least as like pretty similar to UK winters. But apparently, that's not the case. Also, she also is constantly talking about how early the sun sets. And I was like, oh, like, come on. It's probably, I bet you like where I am is just as bad because it's on the fucking, uh, eastern edge of a time zone which is not where you want to be in daylight savings times or whatever but no it turns out the the shortest day of the year in london the sun sets at 358 are you out of your mind it's so much farther north rachel it's so much farther north than the united states well i guess like it's it's where maine it's like maine is like the tip of maine i guess i forget that because It's definitely – it's not as cold as the parallel place in the U.S. because of that whole like east coast, east-west uh, ocean thing that yeah, they don't much fully more understand. Mild. It's much yeah. more like yeah. like the same. Like the temperature range is like 20 degrees whereas in Maine it's like 40 degrees like average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is – yeah, it's very cold at Sandringham which is – I don't know where that is. I think it's somewhere north of London but like still in England. Um, they're bopping around. He's also like, oh, working for the queen meant many things, but good pay wasn't one of them. Which like, once again, I'm like, what? What is the point then? Like, again, charge the aristocracy. Like, if you are not (laughs) bilking this institution for as much as you're worth, like. Well, here's the thing. You're not charging the aristocracy. You're charging the British taxpayer. No, I thought they didn't get taxpayer money anymore. They do for their staff. Are you kidding? No. Well, they shouldn't. And they, they absolutely have to pay do get tax through the money. nose <laughs> for their staff, like for their security people. That's all British taxpayer money. Jeez. What the yeah. fuck? What is what is up with like, why why does this still exist? Yeah. Well, multiple times in this book, Vivian is like, I <laughs> Vivian is like, wow, I feel like so un-American, <laughs> like being in the British <laughs> royal family. And Malcolm <laughs> is like, Yeah, I mean you kind of get used to it, but like it's it is kind of dumb. <laughs> TBH. 
The details of the payments are private? What? Oh, yeah. Well, it's like how um, Prince Philip's will is has been like sealed for a hundred years <laughs> what prince philip's will we can't find out what's in it it's been sealed for a hundred years wills were like always uh public no uh it's specially ordered to be sealed for a hundred years yeah they're like public record in the u.s at least that's crazy well it was like court ordered that's like the one will that should definitely be public record. Well, because they were like, we don't, we want to save people embarrassment. And I'm like, what is in what? there? <laughs> what? Like, How many mistresses did Philip leave? Well, like it wasn't what explicitly people? like, it wasn't explicitly like we want to save people embarrassment, but like that was the implication of like, oh, we want to keep things private, whatever. All right. We learn that Malcolm has a nephew named Miles who's going to Oxford, maybe. Winky face, building the tension. <laughs> Will Miles go to Oxford? Um, and then we find out that Vivian has never been on a horse. And she's like, she's like, yeah, the closest I've gotten is like those carriage horses in New York City. And he's like, we can't have that. And I thought he was about to start railing against like horses in carriage use on pavement. But <laughs> but no, he's just he like. He should. Yeah. Those horses are abused. Those carriage rides yeah. should not be allowed. Exactly. It's fucked up. Yeah, but instead he's just like, oh, no, we just got to get you on the back of a horse. It's not enough that you've only, like, been dragged by one. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't even ridden in the carriages. She just saw them. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, That's the Anyway, yeah, they're going to go horseback riding the next day. Um, and in between she, like, talks to uh, – what's her face? Maddie. And – we had this like little thing where she's like, yeah, when Maddie was growing up, like I always tried to like keep my dating life totally separate and like not, you know, like involve her in that, which like good, good parent-child boundaries. Um, now that Maddie's 34, it's probably not as necessary, Viv, but um, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> they also have potato soup. She yes, I wrote that down too. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, it's oh. delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. I can't, I frankly can't imagine a bad potato soup. She's like, oh, every other potato soup I've had before is like so like stodgy and flavorless. And I'm like, what? Like, I feel potato no. soup really is one of those things where if you just like cook up some potatoes and just even put in like a pinch of salt, it actually would be really good, I feel like. Yeah. No matter how you cook it, like it's potatoes, it's liquid, it's salty, it's creamy, it's delicious. You can't go wrong. Julia, Julia probably put some nice some some spices in it that really oh, kind I, of like I, I, bring out the flavor. Just because I so. don't think there can be bad tomato potato soup, there can definitely be like exceptional potato soup. I also buy into oh, that. I mean, her name is Julia Pepper. Like if you mm. if you think she doesn't use spices, mm-hmm. you got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's in her name. So <laughs> anyway, they send they start sending cute little notes back and forth using the butler service because malcolm is like you know this thing is a relic from the victorian era and like we might as well make use of it like (laughs) they're here uh but he writes (laughs) he writes it on his personal stationery but he specifically is like he malcolm wrote out the final draft on his personal stationery and i'm Uh like how many drafts did this man write (laughs) Like, why wasn't I treated to a montage of him, like, crumpling up notes and being like, ah, oh, not good enough and, like, tossing it into the waste <laughs> So they go there <laughs> next morning. He picks her up for horseback riding. He's like, the queen's um, horses are monarchists. Like, I yeah. can't remember how it's relevant, but it was just like, LOL. No, she's like, what if they bite me? Or, like, what if they don't like it or whatever? She's like, scared of the horses. Yeah, yeah. Like, understandable. Horses are terrifying. They're very, they're much larger 
in person than like you would ever think they are <laughs> in like on screen. And yeah, and he says the queen's horses are monarchists. They would never disrespect a royal guest. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I believe it. Fair enough. <laughs> like fair enough. <laughs> and the the stables are called the royal stud. And frankly, if someone hasn't used that for the title of a romance of like a royalty romance a shifter romance perchance about royalty shifter a prince who turns into a horse <laughs> <laughs> a centaur a prince centaur romance <laughs> if someone hasn't used that already they should full raid use royal stud for your centaur shifter and in any way royalty and horse themed romance <laughs> please Maybe about listen. Princess Anne is an equestrian, so it could be like they're all they're both competing at the Olympic. No, but she's the she rule, she I was in like. the Olympics. Oh damn! Princess wow. Anne was in the Olympics, so I'm saying like maybe it's like a princess who goes to the Olympics and then like meets another equestrian at a, the Olympics and they fall in love. And like, the secret if you, is if that you don't want to go the like paranormal route. The secret, the is, secret that- is that he's the horse. He's <laughs> And it's actually just like a mannequin. That's on why top. he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he turns into like a, a a human horse like thing. <laughs> I feel like I should be writing these down for like my Kindle Unlimited debut. <laughs> um, Please. Anyway. This is also around the time when he's like, I'm not planning on spending the rest of my working life working for the royal family. And that's when I was like, okay, okay. An opening for him to move to Oakland. Yeah, I was disappointed by this also because I really expected there to be some like – I was like, oh, man, no like runaway horse slash like horse rescue <laughs> scene, like cowboy type shit where the horse like bolts and he has to like run up on another horse and like jump or whatever while wearing a cowboy hat that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just falls from like a tree. Got yeah. Earlier and it just falls down. <laughs> he teaches her – she is a natural at riding horses and he teaches her how to trot. And this book makes trotting – seem much easier than it is because I, it's it's easy if you time, have great posture like vivian i guess no like no because it's like you have to rock your body with the horse and listen i went horseback riding in the scottish highlands so i could live my like scottish highlander dreams and the person i was with <laughs> we told them that like we knew how to ride horses which i do like i've ridden horses before i like know the difference between like whatever and then the person was like are you familiar with trotting? And the person I was with was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, mm, I can't be that hard. And then we started trotting <laughs> and my horse was like the following horse. So it would do whatever the other horses did. It like would not listen to me. And so it would just trot. And then at one point it started galloping and I was like, I'm going to die. I was like, today's the day that I die. <laughs> like in the Scottish Highlands. Um, so anyway, trotting is really fucking hard. It's not easy. It's not just follow the rhythm of the horse. Like, no, <laughs> it, this is not a rocking horse. Okay, this is not like <laughs> something easy. <laughs> Maybe if you had better posture, it's all I'm saying. So then they're walking back, <laughs> and they just randomly meet the queen. <laughs> <laughs> the queen's like, "You have a great seat, great horseback riding." It's like the very bold on the part. And she's like, "And I saw a little old lady with a handbag, <laughs> and I realized yeah. that it was the queen." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I was not expect. I did. I did not expect to meet like any named members no, of the royal family besides like, the, the Duchess, like as a side character. I was like, surprise queen appearance. Yeah, I was not because that's not the norm for this type of shit. I feel like no. 
But however, Vivian made a good impression on the queen. She yep. curtsies. <laughs> she's like drops she into immediately a flawless feels like curtsies. she's like betrayed her patriotic oath. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I hope the um, fucking who's that? Like Joseph, what's his face? The red, red scare guy. She's like, I hope he's not watching. Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, Joseph McCarthy. Oh, <laughs> looking around for him. So they're like chatting about like what their plans are for Christmas, and Vivian is like, Oh, I'm excited to eat different, um, like food. I'm excited to do something different besides like eat the same food and watch the same sports I've been watching all my life. And to that, I have like two questions. One. Do people really watch sports on Christmas? Like, are there sports on Christmas? I know a lot of people do on Thanksgiving because there's some, like, big football game. But, like, who is forcing professional sports athlete people (laughs) in the U.S. to, like, play on Thanksgiving? Unless her family watches some, like, sport from a country that doesn't celebrate Christmas. Like, what? (laughs) Anyway. Well, if if they make people do it on Thanksgiving, why wouldn't they make them do it on Christmas too? If, like, Christmas happens to fall on a Monday – or a Sunday mm. for like Monday and Sunday night football. I don't know shit about the football schedule. I just know that like sometimes on the radio I hear the Eagles on Sunday night football. <laughs> That's all I know. So back to the book and my second comment on her like I'm excited to eat different food. Are you really – again, are you really looking forward to eating the British food? Especially – and she's like, I read all about it. Like I, I want to try everything I read about. And I'm like, you read all about it and you still want to eat it? Because that's where I'm at. And I'm like, I don't really – I'm not that enthusiastic about it. And the next day at breakfast, she's like – as she sat and ate the ham for breakfast that British people apparently called bacon. Yeah. It was vindicated. (laughs) I was like, we're just talking about this. (laughs) In our – what was it? Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics episode. Yeah. British people bacon is disgusting. (laughs) And I felt vindicated by this book. Because now I have an internationally best-selling author also confirming <laughs> that British bacon is shit. It's horrible. It's not. It's floppy and terrible. <laughs> um, and we get further dunking on British food at their lunch date. She's going down the menu and she's like, mashed peas? Like, what the fuck is that? Spotted dick? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? And he, his only comic. So this is, God. I think, just like... Un- undeniable proof. Yeah, I felt really attacked by this. That British food is horrible because this is the best comeback that Malcolm had. And Vivian betrayed me a little bit because she agreed Yes, with him. exactly. He was like, well, how did marshmallows end up on sweet potatoes? Like, what's that all about? And I was like, what is this sweet potato casserole God. slander? God, it's like the most I, like, delicious. What? Like, have you never eaten it? Like this, this from the country whose idea of dessert is butter on bread with fucking sprinkles on top? <laughs> like, that's, you're gonna dunk on sweet potato casserole? And then Vivian is like, yeah, I don't like that either. And I'm like, like, my you're family wrong. doesn't have that. Like, I'm like, Vivian, you're wrong as well. You're missing. God. Although I, I do, I do these days prefer a crispy crust to a marshmallow, but that's mostly because marshmallows aren't vegetarian. Like, I have not, like, honestly, the best. The best is crispy crust with marshmallows on top. Yeah. Like that, like double decker. Oh my God. It's just yeah. like, how can you complain about a dessert food that's managed to warm its way into like the main dish? Like that can only be a positive. Are you out yeah, of your mind? Right. Like, yeah, no, I was like, that's that's the best you can do, Malcolm. Like in the <laughs> wake of something called spotted fucking dick, you your best comeback is sweet potato casserole. I don't think so. 
<laughs> I don't think so. I'm gonna be honest though. Mushy peas sound pretty good to me. Like no, I, I, would, that I would, I would, I would, I would destroy some mushy peas. It's literally just mashed peas. It's like yeah. mashed potatoes, but yeah. peas. Yeah, that you're saying all horrible. the things. All the things you're saying. One sound of the good. best things about peas is the little like pop when you eat them. That's why I, I like. I like, peas. I like some mushy peas. The way the Baba likes them when pop. they're like soft. Mm. Yeah, I prefer when it, there's a little pop. No. Anyway, pop. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just can't believe – yeah, I can't believe Vivian does this. This is what should really get her, like, inquisitioned by <laughs> Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> Somebody call up the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he also – Malcolm at this point orders a chicken pie, and she's like, chicken pot pie? And he's like, ha, 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 no. When I, when I Google chicken pie British, like, things that look very much like chicken pot pie is all that comes <laughs> up. So I'm not really sure what that is. Chicken pot pie, delicious. I, that's fine. With me personally. And that seems like know. a very British thing. It seems like, you know, it's like a shepherd's pie. What is oh, what yeah, is no. chicken pie? I feel like one of a quintessential British food is like is like pasty stuffed with meat. Pastry. Like, yeah, it's delicious. Pastry yeah. stuffed with or like stuffed meat with and anything. Vegetables. But it looks like, but like a pot specifically pie. like meat and vegetables is very like is a chicken pie basically a pot pie that's like less deep, that's like shaped more like a traditional pie? Is that what it I is? I have no idea. I have no idea. She's anyway, an expert on this. I avoided British food at all fucking costs <laughs> when I was in the UK, Rachel. I ate it sometimes and it was disgusting and flavorless. And so I subsisted off of Domino's and Krispy Kreme and the one good taco place down the street. They have well, if you liked Indian food, like they had a lot of good Indian restaurants. I don't like Indian food, but my roommates did, and there was a lot of good restaurants there. But again, not British. It's not British food. No, it's no, Indian food. Oh, no, no. It's a different I was just culture. Questioning your choices to not eat it. So she's like, "Oh, I don't really like sharing food." When Malcolm's like, "Oh, she doesn't say it. She thinks it." And I'm just like, "Me too, girl. Me too." Like I'm, but I'm like a total hypocrite because I like sharing other people's food. Like I like trying other people's food, but I don't like sharing my <laughs> own food. I'm like a poorly socialized dog in that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that is sharing food a thing? <laughs> what? The, I mean, the dog, dog thing, training? like, haven't you ever seen those videos of, like, I mean, it's, it's, like, really sad, but, like, I saw a video one time and it was, like, oh, like, how a shelter will, like, know if a dog's, like, adoptable or not. And then, like, they have the dog eating and then they have, like, a fake plastic hand that, like, tries to, like, take the dog's food. And if the dog, like, bites and attacks the hand, like, that's, like, it, you know, that dog, oh, the yeah. window is closed for, like, socialization or training. Oh, but I feel like that same kind of dog would, like, steal another dog's food. <laughs> so that's, like, that's that's yeah. me. <laughs> I won't okay. beat you, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <So> usually. <laughs> so nonlinear thing that I wanted to touch on that he mentions like at some point before this is like he's like talking about why he he stays at a hotel in town whenever he's working at Sandrigum. And she's like, oh, why don't you stay like at Sandrigum? And he's like, oh, well, one time I did like at the main house and it was fucking terrible because it was so fucking cold and I had to sleep in the servants' quarters, which like – if there's anything that like 18th century aristocrats did not give two shits about, it was the comfort of their servants. So it's like the whistling winds are like full on in there. And then he's like, yeah, and because like there's so much of the family that comes for Christmas to Sandringham, they have like some of the family sleep in the old servants' quarters too, which like <laughs> blew my mind. Like are you – I feel like just being a royal, the more I learn about it, it just sounds like worse and worse. It's like – this poor duchess has to like worry about what she's wearing to like family Christmas dinner to the point where she has like an overseas stylist come over. <laughs> she has to sleep in this drafty ass servants' quarters over Christmas and well, get like not the duchess. They get their own house. The duchess. Oh, the true, just true, get their own true. house. But like in general, like other people, someone has to. Someone who's probably the, under like, the same cousins. constraints to look good. You know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I think it's hilarious. You know, being a royal generally feels like it would suck ass. Yep. Except for that nice tax money. Like, good, good. Tax well, you income. only get that if you're a working royal. <laughs> yeah. But still. And Prince Charles is ready to chop, chop, chop. Like, cut every extraneous person off. Oh, really? When he yeah. becomes king. He, like, really wants to downsize the number of people who, like, are getting tax money. Which, like, means more money you know what, him. Charles, like, I, you know, I applaud you, <laughs> Charles. Like, good for you. I you mean, should here's the thing. Is it going to decrease the overall amount of tax money or is it just going to be more money for him? That's the question. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know that's his thing is that okay. he wants to, like, downsize it to, like, immediate relative, like, it heirs It just sounds like the kind of thing relatives. that he would do as, like, a bit for popularity but would actually only benefit him. No, he's been he's been gunning for this for, like, 40 years, like, since he was young. Yeah, like, gunning. He's like, oh, why do we have to – he, like, saw the family pie chart at one point and he's like, Mama, why is our share only 55% instead of 100 <laughs> <laughs> He's also a poorly socialized dog in that respect. (laughs) (laughs) He also doesn't like sharing his pie. Okay. Okay. So they finish finish up lunch um, and they're driving home. And I love this part where he pulls over by the side of the road and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I literally can't sit next to you right now without kissing you. And then they just make out in the car on the side of the road. I definitely would have thought. Because Jasmine Guillory specifically like, oh, they pull – we like pulled over into like where we couldn't be seen in like a copse of trees, like a secluded, like the middle of a middle of nowhere road behind some middle of nowhere trees. That was me. I'd be like, oh, he's definitely about to like serial killer me right now. Like this is mm. <laughs> that my first thought at least. But it doesn't happen. Yeah. Luckily for Viv <laughs> and the rest of this book. <laughs> yeah. Instead, I have a really qu- they have a really quick where he's like, like just a sec, gotta kiss you real quick. Yep. And then they they head off home. And she does invite him to Christmas dinner at some point, like to Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. She dinner. invites him over to Christmas Eve dinner, and he is like, "Well, I'd planned to go back to London before this, but like now, I just really want to spend Christmas Eve with this lady. So, yeah. uh, I guess I'm not going home until Christmas <laughs> to see my actual <laughs> family." And then he invites her to hang out with him out in London after the holidays because she and Maddie are going to London to have like a few girls days and he's like extend your trip and like hang out with me and like I'll pull out the stops and she for some reason is hesitant I was like Vivian up until this point you have been living your hot girl winter every decision you have made have has been like why the fuck not I'm only gonna be here for like a week and now now with the private secretary to the queen who like absolutely has like immense power to like do a bunch of cool shit with you in London is offering to take you on like a multi-day romantic getaway you're hesitating here's the thing though like I feel like from the perspective again I have like never had a traditional like full-time nine-to-five job but I just like know if I only had like you know two weeks off a year like 10 days I don't think I could spend the entire time like doing things and like traveling. Like I feel like I would need like no. 10 days to like decompress at home from like having to go to work every fucking day and then like maybe do another trip. But there's not enough days for that. So like I get yeah. – I mean that's not her thought process. But like for me, I, if I – I don't know. If I was traveling over the holidays especially and didn't even get to relax then, I feel like I'd want a few days at home. But she – it's a rom-com Christmas book. It's fine. I'm not – Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so while she's thinking about it, she has this little like reverse parent trap dress try on scene with like her daughter Maddie and the Duchess. So Maddie's like, "Oh, mom, like we really need a tiebreaker to like decide what the Duchess is gonna wear." And so they have the like, "Hey, up, 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 uh, hey, never <laughs> let you go." <laughs> it's just I like, "Let you, let you go." go. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Except instead of the mom being the one who's a Silas, it's the daughter, and instead of like the little ten year old girl being the one who's like helping out the the rich lady. It's a uh, 55 year old Vivian, but it's still great. <laughs> sure, yeah. So she chooses the Duchess's uh, dress for Christmas Eve. Yeah, dinner. Um, and then it's time for Christmas Eve dinner. So Julia Peppers pulled out all the stops. She's like, "Oh, I'm like an experiment on you guys with all the stuff that like my own family won't let me make." Um, which like, why isn't she with her own family? I'm just confused on this, but I guess like the royal family needs someone to wait on them hand and foot at all times, even Christmas Eve. So the the big thing that stuck out to me with regards to the food is like, there were cheese straws in vases (laughs) on the table. What the fuck? What is that? If if it's not mozzarella sticks, like what the fuck is that? Okay. Here's, here's the thing. First of all, they were in vases. So I was like, okay, so they're not cheese sticks because there's something that can be non-refrigerated and also presumably like hard. Like I'm imagining like those long pretzel sticks like things, but cheese. Mm. So my idea, they're called cheese straws are like, Something the texture and flavor of a Cheeto, but mm. like in straw form. Which <laughs> what how, do you drink with it? <laughs> how do I get access to that? What like, do you want to drink with it though? How do I get access? Are you like I don't know a Fireball <laughs> like whiskey or something? Uh, like especially if it's like a flaming hot Cheeto and you have like some like cinnamon Fireball. <laughs> you want to sip Fireball through a straw? No, I'm just saying. I'm just – listen, I'm just spitballing here. I'm just spitballing. Um, but anyway, the way that this is just casually thrown in to the story makes me think For that what? this is some sort of like common yeah. – like this is a thing that Jasmine Guillory is assuming we know about. And <laughs> please I mean, Google listener, it. It looks like what you're describing. At we, uh, we read it one night at gmail.com. Please email us the link to purchase these – Somewhere in the United or a States, recipe. please. A good recipe. Sure. Yes. Either way, if you know what the fuck chi- a cheese straw is, I would love to know and I would love to be told how to purchase it and or make it. And if you do this before – well, this episode isn't going out until right before Christmas. But if you are quick about it, <laughs> we will make them <laughs> and post a picture of them in vases over the holidays oh my god <laughs> oh i have something you can mm, i i have something for you that you can put them in but it's a surprise a vase something i have that it references another one of our episodes class. so it would be like a meeting of two worlds but a lizard vase is it a lizard vase no comment it's a lizard vase no comment you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Malcolm pulls up and he is like, I moved your whole schedule and I extended yeah. your hotel and I also changed your flight. It's still first class and I did all this stuff for you. And on one hand, I'm like, it's fucking sick. Like, I would love for someone to just like do that and just like not tell me and just like hand me the tickets and be like, you're good to go. But on the other hand, I understand why Vivian is upset because she hasn't technically yeah. said yes. He's like, oh, you said it could be fun. 
And so I took that as like absolute confirmation and you being like, yes, definitely. I don't need any time to think about this. It's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. But she like, he apologizes almost immediately. He's like, I'm sorry. Like I shouldn't have assumed. Um, I can change it back. And she's like, and Maddie, Maddie intervenes. Maddie is like, mom, what the fuck? Like, like you were, like you were saying before, Allison, like, um, this is like your fairy tale dreams. Like once in a lifetime, you're definitely staying. And so she stays. Yeah, she gets bullied into doing it by her daughter, which good for you. Good, mm-hmm. great. Um, then we get an excellent description of food. Um, I cannot remember a single description um, because I think I was just too hung up on the cheese straws at this point. <laughs> but I do remember just feeling very warm and cozy at these food descriptions. So um, just in the rest of this meal, they go and kiss under the mistletoe. But the way that they go there is they're moving into the next room. And – He's like, oh, your earring's gone. I don't really understand how this happens. He's like, your earring is gone. And like, I have it. And then he puts it back in for her. And I just went, like, I got such heebie-jeebies. You don't have your ears pierced. Yes, I, Rachel, I've had my ears pierced twice. Yeah, but they're not currently pierced. Well, they're half pierced. They have like half holes (laughs) that are half healed. Anyway, I have had my ears pierced. The idea of someone putting the earring in my ear is just so like bad shivers bad oh, bad I, vibes all around i don't like that at not all gross me out at all but, I'm, but i am amazed that like a man who does not have pierced ears would be able to do it actually I, it's, it's kind of hard to do it on anyone else because i feel like maybe this is unique to me because i had mine done when i was like four and it was two different people at the piercing pagoda piercing them at random <laughs> spots on my ear at the same time. So they're like kind of wonky. They're like crooked. They like go in at a weird angle. So it's like if you're not familiar with the particular ear hole angle angles of like my ear, I'm going to be very impressed if you can do it on the first try. Yeah. F- for Just for future reference, if anyone doesn't have their ears pierced and is listening and would like to get their ears pierced, don't go to the piercing pagoda or anywhere <laughs> that like uses a gun. Go to like a tattooed yeah. piercing parlor. Don't. Fine. Guns are bad. I mean, it's like – fine but like for the fleshy part it's fine get get no you should you should be getting it done with a needle like with a with a straight you should you should go to like a piercing place like a tattoo and piercing place and have someone like not just like someone who's getting paid minimum wage at claire's or piercing pagoda like if they're using a gun run away (laughs) it's also like almost impossible to properly sterilize those things the guns yes my favorite is when you've left, you haven't had them in for a while, and then you put an earring, and so when you take them out, all the crusty stuff comes out the next day. It's my favorite. Well, have you ever popped your oh, yeah. ear holes? Oh, yeah. All the time. It's great. Yeah. When I was in like sixth grade, our music teacher like re-pierced his ears with a safety pin in class. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. Anyway, next day <laughs> is Christmas. Uh, Maddie is very nervous because there is that traditional – Christmas walk, much photographed Christmas walk from church by the royal family. And so she's like, this is my piece de resistance. But and it goes really well. <laughs> but all Vivian has to worry about is the Christmas breakfast, sautéed mushrooms, crispy potatoes, toast, probably some meat shit too. But just like, mm, there's nothing better than a, a good sautéed mushroom, good crispy potatoes, <laughs> good toast. Just like hit me up. It doesn't have to great. be breakfast any time of day. Julia really pulls out all the stops. And then before they leave, Julia gives her the scone recipe, which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would like, Jasmine Guillory, don't be shy. Provide it. Provide. Give me the scone recipe, please. On, I'll sign up for your newsletter, even, if you promise that I will get a PDF of the scone recipe in return. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, 
Malcolm is off to spend Christmas Day with his sister and his nephew, Miles, who he's he has been like a surrogate father for because Miles' dad died when he was really little. Um, so he shows up and Miles is like, hey, Uncle Malcolm, Uncle Mal, like we saved you a bun. And then we find out these are like buns that his sister Sarah has been making since like their childhood. Malcolm like loves them. And I'm like, like you get these once a year and they saved you like one in the bread box. They didn't even like, I don't know. That just struck me. (laughs) Rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) Miles is a kid. I mean, Miles is 19. Yeah, I guess. Um, Anyway, we find out. This whole time, um, Miles has been like, I have some big news to share. And for some reason, Malcolm, Malcolm, like, assumes that this is going to be that he's going to move in with his girlfriend, even though Miles has, like, just graduated high school. But, like, whatever. It's not that. I mean, he's going (laughs) off to college. It's not that. He's he's doing a gap year. He's decided that I am going. He's like, I. I'm going to pursue painting because Miles is an artiste. Um, he's like, That's I'm going to pursue painting. I'm going to go to art school um, and I'm not going to go to Oxford. And Malcolm, understandably, is like, what the fuck? No, you're not. You are going to Oxford. Don't be a fucking dumbass. And Miles, understandably, is like, fuck you and the car you rode in on <laughs> and and runs away. And then they're both very upset. Yeah. And Miles is like, oh, um, like – you know, I don't want to waste any moment of life. Like my dad died young, so I don't want to like you know put it off till yeah. later, which I get. But also, Miles, my dude, like, am I wrong in saying that like no art school will set you up for artistic success as much as regardless of how what level of talent you have, as much as knowing a bunch of rich people from Oxford? That's true. That's like, true. Like, come on, why is that I never mentioned? <laughs> That's true. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the British. Yeah, no, because social Who's class is huge in Britain. Who's so buying the you art? You need to get a bunch of patrons. Yeah. Yes. Um. Anyway, this argument puts Malcolm in the wrong headspace. Um. For his date, long his romantic long weekend with Vivian. So he sends her a very curt text and picks her up at his hotel. And there, he's both like, oh, I really hope that she brings her suitcase down so that she's like, takes up my invitation to stay with me. And then in her perspective, she's like, yeah, I packed my suitcase, but then I was like too nervous to bring it down. So I left the room. So I don't know whether to stay with him. And I'm like, just talk to each other. Because he was originally like, oh, I extended your hotel stay. But like, of course, you can stay at me with my apartment. I didn't want to presume. And then later she's like, I wish he just did presume. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. So she comes downstairs and he is like, how do you feel about surprises? And she's like, I fucking hate surprises. They suck. They're always like for the person doing the surprising and never for the person who is being surprised. I don't like them. They feel like a performance. And I'm like, I agree wholeheartedly, Vivian. <laughs> I too hate surprises. I don't like, like, this is why, like, my birthday was on Sunday. And, like, I don't like birthday parties. I don't like doing big things for my birthday. I feel like it's, like, such, like, I have to, like, put on a performance. And, like, I have to, like, be social. And I'm like, that sounds like the worst way to spend my birthday, frankly. Like, so very on board, similar yeah. similar feelings. But throughout the rest of the book, we like it's her process of realizing that the reason she feels this way is because her ex husband, who she's been divorced for like thirty years, but like Maddie's dad, her ex husband used to like multiple occasions he like threw her surprise parties, even though she said she didn't like them. And then he would get like offended if she didn't react the right way, and like she had to constantly yeah. like monitor. And she was like, yeah. And then it's her process of realizing it's like once again kind of like Ladies Guide's Celestial Mechanics. It's like the process of realizing that certain traits just because they're associated with a person who was otherwise bad for you <laughs> doesn't mean that 
they're yeah. inherently bad. Yeah. But because they're both awkward, they're both feeling weird, Malcolm's in a bad mood, they have a very awkward first day of sightseeing. She also asks, she's like, what was Miles' big news? And he like makes something like trite up. He like lies about it. Yeah. No, he was just like something to do with painting. Like he doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just have an awkward first day until they get to a, an Ethiopian restaurant or is it a Ghanaian restaurant? It's it's Ghanaian, I think. It's Ghanaian. Yeah, it's because not Ethiopian one, because yeah, because yeah, the, because the, at one point, okay, so they get there and there's this like obnoxious, like stereotypical privileged rich, rich guy who's like trying to barge in front of them and like being rude to the wait staff, and he's like, "Oh, do you have this?" And the waiter is like, "No, that's you have Ethiopian. Yara, it's not Ghanaian. It's like the spongy bread." Yeah, and that guy because he orders. So he's like, I love spicy food. Give me the spiciest thing on the menu and then <laughs> triple the spiciness. I love it. Because uh, he's trying to impress his date. And then he gets his food and he's just eating it throughout the night. And they're just like watching him like sweating and like chugging water and trying to pretend like he's not like about to explode from how spicy this thing is. <laughs> and that helps ease the tension between them. Yeah. Yeah. They're like just like roasting this guy next like at the table next to them. And <laughs> Yeah, I've like been there though. Not like this obnoxious guy asking for the spiciest thing, but I've definitely like gotten myself into too hot water with like eating something. <laughs> See, this is why like you you be like me and you just don't eat spicy food at all. <laughs> if you're missing out <laughs> and then on so many flavors. No. One of the reasons I don't like spicy food is because I can't taste anything besides the spice. The rest of the <laughs> flavor disappears. So I feel like it makes it worse. Like anyway. I produce way too much mucus for spicy food, Rachel. I just like – I can't – like it's – I can't. <laughs> I have two asides here. So I, I don't know. It's like somewhere around here like throughout the book. They're like talking – she like – do you know what a hot toddy is? Is that like a common yes. thing that I just don't know about? Okay. Yes. I thought it was some like British it's a thing. British she knows drink. what it is. Okay. It's and a British two, drink. two, Ari, him like con- – regarding him constantly like thinking about this like hold up in the government, which is like I guess is why he has so much free time. <laughs> why – Okay, so the House of Lords is still hereditary, right? And they still have, like, real power. Why does that uh, still exist? But the king and queen slash queen don't have any power The anymore. House of Lords, I mean, they have power, but it's really not. Isn't it, like, the Senate and, and the House of Representatives? It's, like, two houses? Yeah, but it's they not both as, have to like, pass it? it's not as, yes, but it's not, like, I don't know, like, the House of Commons significantly more, like, powerful than Lords. And I think the House of Lords is actually it's it's inherited, but it's also elected. Like it's not so. It, what it used to be was that everyone who like had a, a title got no every everyone who had a title automatically inherited a seat. And then in like the nineties, very recently, they like <laughs> severely cut down on that, and they were like, you don't automatically get a seat. You're like selected for the lords sure but they still have some power right so like but why why doesn't the like actual monarchy have any power anymore then i mean they do kind of in like certain respects i don't do know they they don't have don't any know. explicit power anymore i thought whatever i know rachel's like the magna carta all over again like um okay so <laughs> so after dinner the tension the tension has been broken by the asshole next at the next table and they get back to his apartment or they get back to her hotel room and he's like, oh, do you want to go back to my apartment? And she's like, we're not leaving this hotel room for the rest of the night. Yeah. But she <laughs> – the the staying at his apartment 
for this trip is finally comes to a head because they walk into her room <laughs> and he sees her packed suitcase yeah. and he's like, what is that? And she's like, what is what? And he's like, your packed suitcase. Sitting <laughs> in the front she's entrance. Like, uh. <laughs> and then he's like, do you want to go back to my apartment now? And she's like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then the nice fancy hotel <laughs> has provided a, a two condoms in their like yeah. bathroom pack. In their personal care pack, which like she's like, oh, Wait. I expect it to be in there. She's like, they gave us one. We never opened it, but I expect there to be condoms in there. Wouldn't an American hotel ever have condoms in a personal care packet? I just feel like that's like one thing that I don't know. America would be much more like prudish about. They're staying at a very fancy hotel. Yeah, which is exactly like, the kind of hotel I wouldn't expect to have that in America. I don't know. But yeah, also she's also like, oh, we were just supposed to have like a regular room, but like for some reason we like got upgraded to a suite. So now we have this like cool sitting room and also a bedroom. Like you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? And he's like, oh, it's probably just because they know that like Americans are used to bigger hotel rooms. And so like they didn't want you to feel crowded. So they just like knew you were Americans. They just like automatically upgraded you, didn't charge you, you anything <laughs> extra. Yeah. You little shit. <laughs> yeah. So then they have uh, a lot of hot sex. Um, well, no, we I will have say- another one of those scenes that's like, how did she get my clothes off that fast? Where one oh, of the characters yeah. is just like, how did that? What? What? What like witchery is this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the next day, um, they have a much better day of sightseeing. They get a private tour of Buckingham Palace. And then he does a surprise because she was like, the one thing that I told Maddie I really wanted to see when we were here is a tiara. But like, I know that they don't come out that often. And he takes her to the Victoria and Albert Museum to see the tiara collection, which by the way, having been there is incredible. And like to be able to see that like, when like the museum is closed, amazing. And yeah. as she's but as she's walking through the museum, <laughs> she's like, I have to keep my hands behind my back because I keep wanting to reach out and touch <laughs> things. And I'm like, me too, Vivian. Like, especially at night when like there's much less witnesses. I would just be like stroking <laughs> like every marble statue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like like grubby mitts all over everything. <laughs> she's also like thinking about the curator and she's like, Vivian generally had a rule to never trust a man with a mustache. And I was like, Yeah. yeah me too. It's a good rule. She's like, I'll make an exception for this guy because he's showing me the cool tiaras. But what? Our brother has a mustache. Yeah, and he's you can't trust him right now. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Stefan, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, and then they have another, I think, Israeli restaurant that they go to, and it also sounds delicious. Wait, back up to the museum. They're talking about like how a lot of it's like so ugly and like (laughs) we decided to like do this. And like I feel I feel that way a lot about a lot of things. I feel that. But Vivian is like, that may be the best surprise I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, that's not saying much considering how much you've talked about how much you hate surprises like (laughs) leading up to this. Like it has a very low bar to clear. They go home, obviously have some sexy times. Um, she wakes up and she's like, why am I so cold? Like yeah. everyone was complaining about Sandrigan being cold, but like Malcolm's modern apartment is closed too. And then she's like, oh, it's because I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, love it. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so they have some sex and then they're having breakfast and then Miles arrives because he has a key. Miles arrives to passive aggressively. He's like, I'm only here to leave the key because I'm never yeah. coming back here again because I hate you now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Vivian naturally diffuses the tension Working and her and Miles work, like super chat. Yeah. Using her like people skills, um, <laughs> which I'm very jealous of because I do not possess that in any way. Um, yeah. They hang out and like things aren't mended between Miles and Malcolm, but it's still like – 
like it's Opening now the way has been cleared the way has been cleared for that and vivian tells malcolm how to fix things with miles and she's like you need to apologize and he's like what i don't need to apologize to a child and she's <laughs> like um yeah you do because you fucking laughed at him like you were a dick even if you were right like <laughs> anyway they have yeah. another delicious dinner at home it's new year's eve um, right yeah, for New Year's, and then Malcolm has a really cool firework display outside of his window. Like his, I guess it's he's like in like awesome somewhere apartment. in central London, and he gets to like see the fireworks right from his window, and that, that sounds sick. amazing. Um, if anyone has an apartment equivalent of that anywhere <laughs> that they would like to invite me and pay for travel expenses, uh, I would not say no. <laughs> this is around the time, so yeah. And Malcolm's like, oh, I just like. I really like you. Like, I don't want to never see you again. This is when he suggests basically like a long distance booty call is what she calls it. Like, she, he's like, yeah. yeah, we could just like show up random weekends and like just hang out but like not talk in between. And she's like, no, like it's not going to work. And I, I don't know. I just like – maybe my standards are too high but this is a romance book and like this is not something that I will frankly tolerate in my romance heroes. Like, this is just – unacceptable like if you are not at this point already like planning to drop everything and move (laughs) what is the point this is one of the downsides of older romance is that they don't have the impulsivity of youth (laughs) and uh so she goes back to um oakland um and they become postcard pen pals because Um, he talks to miles he talks to miles and they have a good chat and then he wants to tell her about it and miles does decide to go to art right (laughs) yeah well, no, no, they stay – so Malcolm – he decides to go to art school, but then Malcolm is gets him to agree to, like, take a tour of Oxford one more time. And mm. he's like, I – like, he was really excited the last time we went to Oxford. So I think I can convince him. Yeah. But whatever. Um, they've worked things out, and they're having little pen pals. Um, and then Malcolm is like, every time Vivian talks about this promotion that she's getting, she seems, like, really sad about it. And, like, I feel like I should say something as her friend slash former lover. And so he's like, does your job make you happy? Then she realizes she's like, oh, no, actually, like, I like my current job a lot and I don't want to go to meetings. And she, like, has this brain blast in the middle of a really boring meeting. And she's like, this is going to be my life. Her brain blast Um, is like, oh, I'm allowed to consider whether it'll make me happy. (laughs) Yeah. And then she's immediately like, no, that's stupid. And then she's like, hang on, I'm a therapist. Like, I should absolutely be considering like yeah. my mental well-being. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she runs through like all the other things, she's like, well, financially I'm comfortable. Like, I, I'll have excellent health insurance for the rest of my life. That was one of the reasons I took this job all those years ago, which is like so fucked that you have to consider that, that that's like tied to your job yes. at all. Yeah. Um, bullshit. But she's like, I'm fine on that front. I don't need this. Like, I'm, you know, financially comfortable. And I can actually just consider, you know, I don't have like a dependent child anymore that I have to think about. And she decides to do what makes her happy and she goes for it. And then she goes out and buys herself some flowers to celebrate. Malcolm, like while he's waiting for a reply, he's like worried the whole time. He's like, I should not have brought up like financials to her. Like it's so taboo, which is like so dumb. Like who benefits from that? Think about it. Who benefits from no one being allowed to discuss their salary and financial situation? Hmm. Not you, comrades. Not Not you. you. Don't let the corporate, the elite win. Rise up, my proletariat brethren, and talk about your salaries at, with your colleagues. Because you know what happens when people talk about other people's salaries? They realize, oh, wow, why am I not going to get that? Who doesn't want you to know Everybody's that? salaries go up. Everybody's salaries go yeah. up. Unionize. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, so she sends him a postcard and is like, I'm in love with you. And he panics like a real dummy. It's so weird to me that these are postcards and not letters because this is like public. Like anyone could be reading this. Yeah. This is like very personal <laughs> shit to be like putting on a postcard. <laughs> anyway, he panics. And then Miles is visiting and sees the, the postcard sitting on. He doesn't answer her for like three weeks. And she's like, you know, like I thought he was going to just like ignore it or like write me back and say he didn't feel the same way or like maybe even tell me he did feel the same way. But I didn't think he would just fucking like never yeah. talk to me again. Like I didn't think he would ghost me. Yeah, this is along the lines of like him being like suggesting the long distance booty call. Like I was like, what the fuck kind of romance hero is this? Like he's more like a a, a – fuckboy hero like not but then listen he comes to his senses miles sees the card and he is like you're being a fucking dumbass like you loser boy are only like doing your job and you're not living your life like this hot lady who is really cool is telling you that she loves you like don't be (laughs) a dumbass and malcolm is like yeah i yep i'm right um and then he flies to san francisco and surprises her on her doorstep sitting creepily Um, on her on her front porch and she's getting home and she's like oh as a social worker i don't usually like to call the police but like this is really creepy and i live alone and she's like about to call the cops on him (laughs) doesn't recognize before he stands up and he's like vivian it's me it's malcolm (laughs) (laughs) and and so like she lives in a big city like i get it no for sure (laughs) But but they make up and then she's like, oh, let's go inside to kiss. My neighbors don't need to show. And something we haven't mentioned is like their mutual aversion to PDA, which I really appreciate. Like throughout yeah. – like this is why he pulled over to the side of the road behind some trees to kiss her the first time because he yes. was like, I'm I'm too professional. Like I can't be seen with this PDA. And she like apparently – because I feel like that can be like – if there's a mismatch with that, that can be like something that yes. causes tension. Yes. But it's like, yeah, I'm like totally on board with them both being like absolutely not. Yep. <laughs> Big fan, big fan. Um, yeah. Anyway, we flash forward um, to the epilogue. It's the yeah. next Christmas. They're decorating the tree. He is, I guess, commuting between London and San Francisco. I took it to mean that he was eventually going to move to they San Francisco full time. I don't know why he wouldn't, but like, why weren't we given that explicitly? It's like your issue with the hating game where we don't find out if she got the promotion. It's like, why – why did it have to be, oh, he quit his job with the queen and got a job with a company that has offices in New York – sorry, in London and San Francisco? Why isn't it just like he's working for the San Francisco office, you know? And they talk about – they're like, why is there no Christmas cake in the US? And I guess like Christmas cake is a specific thing in the UK. But it got it's me thinking like – terrible. It does sound terrible. Frankly. But why isn't there cake that's associated with Christmas? You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be making for Secret Santa tomorrow like a peppermint chocolate cake. But that's just like something I'm just like YOLOing on. You know, it's not like the cake that's – you know, I feel like it just make it would make sense yeah. that there was some kind of cake that we ate with Christmas dinner or a pie, agree, you know. But also like not at the expense of having whatever the fuck British Christmas oh, cake sure. is. Because you frankly – Feed it with it whiskey sounds, for months. It sounds like <laughs> alcoholic fruit cake. And fruit cake is already disgusting. And honestly, like I like I'm not against alcohol or using alcohol in your baking, but something that like explicit like a pastry that tastes explicitly like alcohol seems horrible. No, like, a you pastry know, that gets you drunk. Right. I don't want that. No, you know what could <laughs> what? get me on board? It sounds like the cake version of vodka gummy bears. That's what it sounds like. And honestly, I can yeah, get I don't on board like with that. that. I don't- it serves like a dual purpose. I don't like vodka gum beers. I don't like jello shots. Like I don't want to have to put any more – if I'm doing hard liquor, if I'm drinking anything that's not like cider or wine, 
I don't want to have to put any more effort in con- into consuming this alcohol than just like knocking back a shot. Mm. Like, like I don't want to have little- to. I don't have to chew anything. I like if I'm eating gummy bears, I want them to taste like fucking Haribo gummy bears. I don't want them to taste <laughs> like vodka with a little bit it's of like sugar that just makes it worse. Frankly, listen, I would be willing to try it if someone wants to send me a Christmas cake at no like just. I'll taste that no for you. Yeah, I'll taste that support Should you. we open a P.O. box? Yeah. <laughs> if you email us and you're like, I mean, I'll send you a Christmas cake, we will open a P.O. box Here's the box thing. For you it sounds like you could just send it and not even tell us and we could find it five months later and it would still be like yeah. edible and not spoiled. So yeah. I mean, if, no it, if it really is just alcohol fruit cake, like that sounds like something that would be like completely non-perishable at all. Like yeah. <laughs> it would just last for decades. <laughs> well, anyway. They live happily ever after. Theoretically. And thankfully, hopefully, I will never have to hear this audiobook narrator's British accent ever again. You the end. The end. The end. Speaking of something much more pleasant, <laughs> Catscale. Meow. What do you think? It was very low. I wrote that like, how, yeah. like three quarters of the way through. It was like very like zero, zero to, to no references. Yeah. Because even, because even, the British royal family is known for its dogs, for its corgis, mm. which is, by the way, my favorite part of like any royal family adaptation. It's just like the hordes of corgis <laughs> that are constantly just like running around in the is background. Is that a royal family thing or a Queen Elizabeth thing? It's Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, specifically like Queen Elizabeth era royal family stuff, constantly corgis. It was like mm-hmm. that was the Spencer movie was amazing because there was literally a scene <laughs> when it was just like a clown car of corgis. <laughs> like they opened the door and just this horde of corgis poured out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the British Royal Family is not cat, even though lions are the national symbol symbol of England. Oh. Okay. Well, but it was the very – the current British Royal Family is very uncat-like, frankly. What do horses look like with night vision goggles on? <laughs> because I watched that nature Dogs. documentary Dogs. with lions. No, no, but listen, listen. As if they look like bears, because I watched that nature documentary and there were lions with like viewed through like night vision goggles, and you know what they fucking looked like? They looked like bears. Okay, so if <laughs> lions look like bears, and if horses also look like bears, if everything looks like bears under night vision goggles, then by that logic, horses look like lions. Ah, uh, that feels <laughs> like a stretch to me. Horses, night vision, yeah, goggles. Well, well what, no, it wasn't night vision goggles. It was like well, that's Bluetooth. what you said it was. I don't know what it was. It wasn't night vision. I don't know. It was supposed okay. to be like at night. I don't know. Okay. Unfortunately, there seems to be um, an, a Banksy art piece <laughs> named uh, Horses Night Vision. <laughs> so that's I all found that's one picture. Up. Um, and also, just one picture like of a horse wearing wraparound like polarized sunglasses. <laughs> Good. Um, I mean, I bet you they are damaged by UV rays too. Frankly, horses are stupid. Not like this is not me dunking anyone that likes horses. I'm saying horses as an animal are dumb. Their intelligence is low. Fingers, like they're dumb. (laughs) Like intelligence wise, they're also just structurally like their legs are just fingers. They're just long fingers. I'm pretty sure that's true of like every other animal too like if you look at big cats or or sorry like dogs like they're walking on their toes yes they are okay but rachel horses literally walk on their fingernails hooves are fingernails they're made of the same thing (laughs) as fingernails like 
There, and if you break a horse's leg, it's dead. <laughs> like you just have to shoot it. They're just structurally, <laughs> but their literal purpose is to just run super fast. But if they run too fast and their organs explode, like it's just horses are so dumb. Anyway, they're just there's they're not intelligent enough to be cats, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, definitely, they're not, not intelligent yeah. enough to count towards the cat scale. Very low cat scale. However, something that cats in this book have in common is that most cats probably cannot do a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I beg to differ. Case in point, the Aristocats. (laughs) The Aristocats. Is that a British accent or like a transatlantic accent though? I don't remember. No, the Duchess, Duchess, the Aristocat. Mm. Has her and her kids have British accents, but then the like Tom cat has like a cool like James Dean American accent. Mm-hmm. The like street lover cat, orange cat. Yeah, everybody wants to. Be- yeah, to okay. Be a cat. Cat. The cat's the only yes. Cat. Anyway, the Aristocats br- cats can do British accents. <laughs> so more points off the cat scale. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> cat cats also have aristocracy. See Aristocats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One, two, three, two. One. I'll, I'll I'll do one. We can't do one and a half. Okay. Do one and a half. I mean, as a courtesy. The two is a courtesy. I don't know why I added that extra bump. One. Yeah. One. Yeah. Because it's not even as fierce as this is not like a dig at the book, but like at least Destiny Surrender, like Billy was just like super fierce. Yeah. So like that gets the extra point. But yeah. this is just like it was an enjoyable Christmas rom com with no cat presence whatsoever. <laughs> no, nope. unfortunately, yeah. no, no, not even mewling or growling. Like it's true. it was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. In that respect, yeah. <laughs> in that respect, yeah. Not in the food respect. The cats, cats mm-hmm. would like the food. Indeed, I would Inve- like available. The food. I mm-hmm. think. Oh uh, yeah, I too <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, okay. Where can they find us, Allison? Uh, on Instagram at We Read It One Night and on Facebook at We Read It One Night um, and on Twitter at We Read It Podcast and at Gmail, um, We Read It One Night at gmail.com. And this is, again, we're putting out the call for a both a cheese straw recipe and an <laughs> offer to send us a Christmas cake, um, one mm-hmm. or the other. Or any or other both. comment that you have about the show. Yeah, or both. Like, we would also take that. Uh, please slide into those DMs <laughs> and uh, do it. Yeah. And also, um, follow, rate, download, review, subscribe, tell all your friends and family and subscribe. your neighbors, tell your cats and your dogs, you your know, dragons. everyone. <laughs> Tell your dra- tell your pet dragons, tell the deer in your backyard, like <laughs> all of them. Godspeed. Godspeed, comrade. comrade. <laughs>